the baby, this freaking five foot four inch big head bitch, you know, he's still getting yeah. along. He needs to be canceled. Forget they that. You know what I mean? like a, Pull up. Head like a PT cruiser, dog. That should have me dying, dog. I was like, yo. Yeah, Yo, what's good? It's your boy, oh, the Ben Lauren on Twitter. <laughs> this is Committee Podcast. We have our uh, host, AC3 Savage, Marcus Stiffles, and return host, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Kiana. What's going on? Fellow Augustonian, you know, not the greatest Augustonian like myself, but she she's in the top 10, maybe. You know, it's Women's History Month, so I'll give you top five. Hey, I appreciate this. The only thing I wanted to say is, Shout out to Yaya Abdul Mateen. He, somebody, if anybody can get in contact with him, just give him my number. Okay. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I'm out here looking so for him. Flashlight. Yes. Uh, shout out to that 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 gentleman. Uh, shout out to all of our new listeners. Shout out to all the uh, Jamaicans out there. Shout out to Corlisa, who's trying to put us in with the uh, Jamaican coalition out there. So we appreciate y'all as a support. Definitely uh, hit me up on Instagram. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> hit me up if you guys if you guys some topics you want to talk about or you know whatever we hold it down. But what we're gonna do today is start off this uh, episode with a bit of women's history oh, since oh, it is oh, International oh, Women's oh, Day. Oh, 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 Jesus Christ! Nigga, okay. you didn't even introduce myself. You didn't introduce. I did. Uh, my colleague. I did. Uh, I wanted, I wanted a shout out real quick. So shout out to Angelic okay. Flows, who's uh, been down with us very heavy lately, uh, battling sickle cell. Um, you know, so I just wanted to give a shout out to her. Thank you for all you do for us. And I hope you feel better soon. I think that's very important to touch on that. Thank you. Yes, especially it is a uh, uh, Women's History Month. Uh, shout out to El Chapa. She's not feeling well today. But since it is around the election time, uh, one person will celebrate today on Women's History Month is Shirley Chisholm. Uh, Shirley Chisholm broke major barriers when she became the first black congresswoman in 1968. She continued on her political track when she ran for president four years later, making her the first major party black candidate to run. So shout out to her. Um, shoot, if she was around these days, she'd probably have a decent chance of, well, maybe not because all the black black people and women got put out the paint pretty quick. But she might have a chance of being like the vice president in this, uh, this era. So, uh, yeah, shout out to her. Shout out to black women. Shout out to women, period. And let's get into this episode. So, uh I, I think this started from roasting, right? From Charles Barkley. Uh, he was roasting Draymond Green, and he said that he averaged a triple single. Uh, for you guys that don't watch basketball, I don't know if you guys watch basketball in Jamaica, but a triple single is not good. That's It's not good at all. So uh, I guess Draymond got his feelings, a.k.a. Drake, and he responded to <laughs> Charles Barkley, insinuating that he can't even talk to him. He shouldn't be in the conversation. He could take his job as an anchor and that he is better than him because he has hashtag rings uh, for rings. you guys that don't watch basketball rings with with a with the Z for y'all don't watch basketball championship rings. We're referring to Charles Barkley does not have any, but Charles Barkley is a Hall of Fame basketball player. And Draymond Green is a person that gets made fun of on Twitter for shooting like he has a, back, a backpack on his back. So, uh, guys, uh, what, what do you think about this uh, quote unquote? debate that twitter made because it really is a, a non-conversation this is this is laughable at best it, it is pretty laughable i think that another thing that charles barkley said that kind of got under draymond's skin was the idea that uh when the warriors played the lakers 
that Draymond got himself ejected on purpose because he didn't want to play. Because he, <laughs> I mean, the Warriors are not good. Like, if Draymond Green is your best player, your team is not good. And even still, they have a lot of D-league, D-league players on their roster right now. And it, it is what it is. And, and you know, for, for Draymond to say what he said about Charles Barkley, it just goes to show that he's – Draymond Green's a Twitter nigga, essentially. Like, he's one of those dudes that's like, well – I'm a champion. I got three rings. This is what's the most important. And at the end of the day, it is the most important thing. You know what I'm saying? But we 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 also have to have a baseline and we have to not be stupid. We're not going to sit here and say, like, Charles Barkley isn't smart enough to talk about basketball or that he's not qualified to talk about basketball or he's not good enough to sit at the table with Draymond Green when it comes to talking about basketball players. Like, Draymond has had a pretty solid career. Like, considering where he was drafted, he was like a second-round pick, right? Second, late first. He, yeah, I think he was a second-round pick. Yeah, he is. Yeah, second-round pick. He's been an all-star three times, five-time all-defense, uh, two-time all-NBA, defensive player of the year, three championship rings. For a second-round pick, that's a great career. Like, if you get that type of reduction out of anyone from the second round, Hey man, more power to you. But we're not going to sit here and act like a man that was undersized for his position, led the league in rebounds at 6'4", is an MVP, 11-time All-Star, All-Star MVP, 11-time All-NBA player, and averaged 22-11-3 for his career, isn't qualified to sit at the table with Draymond Green. We're not going to do that. Because at the end of the day, if Draymond Green is your best player, you're going to the lottery. If Charles Barkley is your best player, you're a championship contender. And those are just facts. So as somebody that doesn't watch too much basketball, I am aware of these two players. And the thing is, if Draymond Green was going to prove that he was this you know, great caliber, you know, potential Hall of Fame, top-tier player, then this was the year to do it. Steph was gone. Clay was gone. So you are, quote unquote, the best player left in your team. So you should be able to essentially do what you want. And the numbers are reflecting that you're nothing but a uh, maybe a B grade, a grade role. Yeah, a grade role player, like which is not a problem. I'm saying you contributed in those titles, but nobody's trying to sign Draymond Green to a max deal. You know what I'm saying? Draymond Green is it is what it is. He's just he's just a guy, essentially, because it's shown without the star players. He's just a guy shooting like he has a backpack on his back. Okay, so I I just want to interject here. If you, you know, are a stat follower like myself, Draymond Green's best year was 15, 16. He averaged like 14 even, um, I think like almost 10 rebounds and seven assists. That is equivalent to Charles Charles Barkley's worst year. So how is he not able to sit at the table and his worst year statistically is still just as good as your best year. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, Not only that, and I mean, I'm not going to go too long because I know, um, you know, we got our guest on. I want to get her take on it. But, I mean, the guy had his own video game. Charles Barkley shut up and jam. Probably the third best shoe all time from Nike. He was arguably the best player in the tournament for the Dream Team. Some people say he's 6'4". I think he's about 6'5". 
So they're they're near the same height. But I mean, in his best year, he averaged almost 15 rebounds. Like this guy was not a joke. He, he was it's a very good player, and he can't sit at the table. That's disrespect. Your best year, or even not even your best year, this year when you were the number one or number two option, you're not doing shit. I mean, you're, you're not even averaging 10 points a game, man. Triple single, my nigga. I'm out. That shit feels like a fucking Wendy's sandwich. Like, come on. <laughs> give me a Dave's. No, give me a Dre's triple single. Extra cheese. <laughs> corny ass nigga. No onions, no tomatoes. <laughs> um, yeah, to your point. So I'm just comparing that. Draymond Green is in his eighth year in the NBA. Um, he is currently averaging uh, eight points, six assists, and six rebounds. In Charles Barkley's eighth year in the league, he was averaging 23 points a game, 11 and right at four assists. So okay. to say that Charles Barkley, like, we can joke that Charles Barkley, you know, it's a little bad with the English language. Let's have a conversation. You know, if we're looking at strictly basketball, Draymond isn't even like one of the best players to ever be in his position. Like he's not even touching the top of that list. Charles Barkley is though. So to say that he could take his commentator job, first of all, I'm not watching inside the NBA with Ernie, Shaq, Kenny, and Draymond. I won't be tuning in. Second of all, he just, he don't have the range, as Stan Twitter would say. Like, you don't have the range to participate in this conversation. Yes, you have rings. But if we're being honest, you didn't contribute greatly to those rings. There are two very light-skinned young men on your team who helped I, you. I, he did that party in the nuts. So, <laughs> well, you know, let's not forget. So, he did contribute. But, I mean, there were two... Before even KD, there were two people on your team that helped you to that point, and then another guy came in and helped you to that point even more. Remove all three of those guys at any point, and Draymond Green is not he's not a winner at all. You you've got a triple single. Like we keep having to say this. You don't your stats aren't good. Your best year was 14 points a game. That's the best you've ever done. So it's best for you to just be a Golden State Warrior in your down year and let Charles talk. Like at the end of the day, you just have to let Charles talk because the more you talk, the more we have to start digging into what you've actually contributed to those rings, and it's little to nothing. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he is, he was important to those uh, championship Warriors team as far as his ability to, like, you know, defend and, uh, like, push the ball up the floor and stuff like that. But if we're going to be honest, like, if you put in any replacement uh, average level power forward and Draymond Green spot, but you keep everything else the same, those teams probably still win championships. You know, he's a he he's a replaceable player. You know what I'm saying? If he's your third best player. And in a league where, you know, the Washington Wizards are putting up 130 points a game, like teams are scoring and running up the score. The Rockets put up over like 120 a game. The Lakers put up crazy numbers. Like Draymond Green is only putting up he's only averaging eight points. Like Everybody, it, like anybody can roll out of bed and get like 20 in the NBA right now because it's just like, hey, if they give you the shots, you're going to get more than eight points. And this nigga can't even, he can barely do that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, 
Yeah, I I think if like I'm not gonna lie, if I played some pickup ball this weekend. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. If I was six five, I'm sure I guarantee I could average more than eight points back. Like, come on, bro. Like that's, that's embarrassing. That's two points a quarter. <laughs> like, bro, get to the line or something. Man, something. Like, do you like, a spin move or something? Like, and you shoot a three this tall and another one option. It's not only embarrassing for a six five power forward. It's embarrassing for a three time NBA champion. To only be averaging eight points right now. So, like, it's just, it's one of those things where you just keep talking, you're trying to tweet through it, but it's not working because we saw you sitting on the edge of that bed. So, like, every time you start, <laughs> every time you try to bring it back up, like, we saw you. We all saw you. I know what he's doing. I know, what he, and I, I know, I see that, I see what he's trying to do. I see the vision. This is what the Warriors, the Warriors wanted this to happen, not what's happening now. When they knew that Steph and Clay were going to be out for the year and they lost KD, they're like, you know what? Draymond's the number one option. Draymond, we need you to put up big numbers. We need you to put up, you know, 25 points a game, maybe six or seven assists, get 10 rebounds. We need you to have an all-star caliber year. We know we're not going to win, but we need you to show out. And with him doing that, they would have traded his ass so quickly because he would have had value doing that. But he knew. He was like, Y'all ain't about to do me like that. Y'all ain't about to leave me out here like Kevin Love on the Cleveland Cavaliers just putting up empty numbers. So I'm going to stink it up so you can't trade me, and I'm going to be here when Kevin and, or when Steph and Clay get back so I can win some more rings. He knows what he's doing. I see you, Draymond. You ain't slick. You ain't slick. I do it too. I mean, I mean, obviously he's gassed up after his, his, his huge endorsement with the, one of the major sneaker brands out here. Uh, Converse decided to make Draymond the face of their uh, their sneaker brand. So, you know, they, they needed a guy that was just average to represent their average sneaker. So, you know, shout out to him for holding it down. You know what I'm saying? He's not like, average, though. That's definitely eight game, eight points a game sneakers. I agree. Okay. Wait, he, now, let's not forget, looked, they, 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 they're owned by Nike now, so let's not... Well, it, he, he looks like somebody who plays in Converse. Like, just the way he shoes. Like, that he looks like he plays in Kirk shoes. Jesus Lord, uh, on how? Wow. You know what? Shout, shout out to Draymond. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, just hold it down, man. Like, like Adolphus mentioned earlier, like Charles Barkley has arguably one of the top three basketball shoes. I'd say top five. She probably got Jordans. Kobe's still R.I.P. Mom mentality. They sell pretty well. LeBron's up there somewhere. Maybe Iversons. You know what I'm saying? But at their peak, yeah, when they were hyped up. Anthony Hardaway. Okay, yeah, the penny suit. Yeah, so he's got an arguably top five sneaker with, you know, some of the greatest players of all times, scoring-wise. And then you have a guy like Draymond who gets sponsored by Converse. So for the non-basketball people, that should tell you everything you need to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're, just, you're just a guy, bro. Just like Converse are just sneakers that only, like, dirty people wear. Out here hooping in church picnic shoes. <laughs> yeah. Like, does any, like, have y'all seen anybody, like, in the last year or two that wear Converse? Like, are you inspired by Draymond Green to wear Converse? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that a thing? Not if you wear Converse, DM me. DM me his if you got some Converse. His, his game is not inspiring, but, I mean, his story is inspiring. Like, to come from where he came from, the way he was able to, like, actually get in shape and be an NBA player and contribute on a championship team, it's somewhat inspiring. But the idea of him being the face of your shoe is, that's bad marketing. That's a... That's bad business by Converse, honestly, because he's 
I don't want to say he's a loser, but if he's your best player, your team is going to lose because he's not good enough on his own. He's just not. Put him, the, the put him on Orlando Magic and see what happens. They're they're going straight to the lottery. Like he's a he's a he's a below average player. Pick any power forward. It's pick any power forward that's on a below five hundred team, and they're giving Draymond buckets. Okay, so would you do Aaron Gordon on the Magic for Draymond? I would take Aaron Gordon right now. Yeah, he's younger and he's more athletic. He has way more upside. Draymond is at his peak right now. He's never averaging more than 14 points. Oh, he's pat. Oh, Draymond is past his peak. <laughs> he's on a decline at this point. Draymond is not going to get any better, better for like, him now. Like he, for him. <laughs> his, his numbers will look inflated when Steph and Clay get back. But as a player, he's not getting better. Like he was yeah, a college. Because you remember, like last year during the playoffs, even before that, like he was just clanking threes wide open. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Like, anybody can. I mean, you're wide the fuck open. Like, he, clank, clank, clank. He's he's on the decline. Like, he's no longer in his prime. We've seen, like, the best years of Draymond are long gone. Like, it's only going to go downhill from here. And if the Warriors are smart, they will trade him at either this offseason or the next one. Because. Yeah, they need to pinned him free agent because I don't think they've extended him yet, right? I'm not sure what his contract yeah. status is, honestly. I think it's pretty With all this Draymond talk, this reminds me of one of the legendary tweets I saw on Twitter one time. I guess a picture of Draymond Green in high school or something like that. And it says, Draymond Green looks like he used to steal honey buns from Walgreens. uh, All you have to do is search. If you literally search Draymond Green honey buns, immediately you'll see the picture that I'm talking about. He, he, He does look like a, you know, one of the fellas that was, you know, microwave of honey buns. So, you know, shout out to, shout out to honey buns. But, so we're all in agreement that Draymond Green versus Barkley is pretty much a non-conversation. And, and for you guys that are, are too too young to understand the greatness of Charles Barkley, there's this thing called the Internet. Yeah, that's that's the picture. I might make that. I might make that the art. I don't know. I might make that the art. Yeah, that's that's a wild picture. Like, have they used that inside the NBA? Like, somebody needs to add Charles Barkley or inside the NBA because they that's that's put him on the summer jam screen right there. If you get that picture, like it's a wrap. Like, it's it's over after that. It's over. But if you are not are young enough or too young to remember how good Charles Barkley was, there's this thing called the internet and this website called YouTube. So just type his name in there. And look at highlights, and you will very quickly realize that these two players should have never been in the same conversation, ever. So Draymond Green also accidentally Snapchatted his junk, so like he already was. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Greg Oden. Oh my God! Draymond is Draymond is in the last year of his contract, and Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley has two gold medals, also. Hmm. And not just like as a role player, like a guy just going along for the ride, like one of the more dominant players in the world, Charles Barkley. Like he was that dude. Like the way people talk about Zion, that's what they did with Charles. <laughs> to me, and last point I make about it, just about the game. I mean, there's only been so many basketball players that have a video game. If you're one of the guys during that era, like you were that dude, it was Magic, Bird, him, and essentially, well, Jordan didn't have a game, but 
Or I think Shaq. you're good at that. But Shaq, Shaq Fu. Oh, and Shaq Fu, of course, he's dominant. Yeah, it was everybody was excited whenever you could actually finally play with <clears throat> Michael Jordan on a, a basketball game. So that's that's how you, uh, exclusive that he was. So, but going from one great to another great, uh, LeBron James. So uh, my Los Angeles Lakers have been doing great. Uh, they just had a had a win against the Bucks and uh, another win against the Clippers. You know, yes, my Lakers shout out to KJ. He accepted my my fan request about two years ago. If if you want to see the proof, I have the DMs. I have the my my contract that I signed to become a Lakers fan. So it's official, purple and gold. Um, I got my Lakers hoodie in the closet back here. You know, what I'm saying my mentality. Uh, let's get this chip. But with all that being said, there is an argument that as great as LeBron James is, he is the biggest loser of our generation. And I know Marcus is going back and forth with the uh, uh, bootleg Desmond Trufant, aka Josh. Shout out to DBN about uh, this this topic. So, uh, what, what was going on with you and uh, and uh, Josh on the? Team? I am I am I am honestly disgusted in Josh for his feelings on. Hey, on wait, wait a second. Unlock your tweets, Josh. Unlock your tweets. That too. Unlock that your too. tweets. You coward. You coward. You're Anyways. Coward. Uh, March March uh six is uh you know they do like how like uh March twenty eighth is like you know twenty eighth to three day March six is LeBron James Day because that's his finals record three and six and uh one person it's at underscore C O L B underscore said LeBron James has won three NBA titles but somehow he's the biggest loser in the NBA in NBA history, the hate for LeBron is so weird. And Josh chimed in and said, um, he's lost six finals. And it's just like, it's this whole rings thing that comes into play when it comes to talking about who's great and who's not, who are the elite players, who are not, who's a loser and who's not. And I didn't want to go back and forth too much with Josh because Josh watches the Hawks so he doesn't really know what good basketball is so for him to say like LeBron James is the biggest loser of our generation ask Warriors fans if they feel that way about LeBron ask the Celtics Celtics fans do they feel that way about LeBron Sorry, ask, ask, ask Bulls fans if they feel that way about LeBron, ask. Don't forget about the Raptors. Ask the Raptors. Ask Hawk fans. Ask or Magic fans. Like there are so many fan bases out there that have been dominated by LeBron that they can't do anything because he has been there. He's been in the way of so many other people winning championships that it's not even funny. The the Warriors, they blew a three one lead in the finals. He broke that team. He broke that team so bad that they had to call Kevin Durant to come join them. That's how dominant LeBron is. He forced the Warriors and Kevin Durant to be like, hey, we can't beat this dude on our own. We need, we, we got to come together. The Spurs, he beat Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, who, in my opinion, is the greatest coach in all of sports, beat that team. Uh, the Thunder broke that team apart. They lost to him in finals. Those three never played together again. The big three in Boston broke them up. 
he ran through the Pistons by himself. He beat the Bulls in the playoffs constantly. For it, it's like once LeBron James first got into the playoffs, he's never lost in the first round. Never. In his entire career. If he gets to the playoffs, you're getting past the first round. It doesn't matter who's on his team. It doesn't matter who he's playing with. He is getting past the first round, and you can't say that about everybody. He is top 10, or career, career scoring, and this is numbers. Points per game, career-wise, he's number four all time. Top 10 in total assist, 49th in total rebounds, top 10 in steals, number three in points, number two in PER, number one in playoff scoring, number six in rebounds, number three in assists. His career averages, his career average, 27, 7, and 7 on 50% shooting. We make a big deal if someone does that one time. If you do it three or four times during a season, that's his average for his career. Not like, that's not his best year. That's not like a nice little three to four year span. That's career average. This is who he is baseline, 27, 7, and 7 on 50% shooting. He's been to the finals seven straight times. He probably would have went last year if he didn't get hurt. And trivia question, trivia question for Josh, since LeBron James is the biggest loser of our generation. Since 1990, how many players have three regular season MVPs, three finals MVPs, and 10 all-star game selections? Who are those players? So while Josh is probably listening to this and Google searching that, I, I I am a big Rondo fan who was now a part of our Los Angeles Lakers. And a lot of the fans are angry at him or whatever. But going back to what Marks was saying about LeBron James, I distinctly remember that series in, uh, I think, 2012 where Boston was playing Miami. And got, this is amazing to reread this, but Rondo was giving them buckets. He had 44 points. Mans was knocking down threes. He's getting to the rack. And uh, D-Wade uh, had a very dirty play and injured his elbow, and that ruined their chance of winning that series. But LeBron James still had handed that. So, But, yeah, shout out to uh, playoff Rondo back in the day. He was balling out of control. The point, God. God. Okay, so I think what it is, and I'm going to go back to a tweet that uh, the Honey Badger, a.k.a. Tyron Matthews, said, um, where he was like, this was when Kobe died. Uh, he was kind of like, you know, I, it's been like almost my whole half of my lifetime. There's been a debate about this guy versus this guy versus this guy. And I think a lot of it is your Kobe fans, your Jordan fans. The one way that they could stick it to the LeBron fans is rings. Like that's the only thing that they really can hold on for. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Jordan fan, but it's like, Three and three and six in the finals. You've been to nine finals in what fifteen years? Seventeen years. That's still really good. I mean, th- there's been other players like look at look at Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, he went to a lot of finals. He only won two or three himself. Uh, the guy averaged fifty points for a whole season. Had a stretch where he was scoring seventy points a game. Would you call him a loser? I mean, it, it's like. Where's the context in that? This guy is obviously the biggest winner of all time. So much of a winner that teams had to 
embody the super team in order to stop him and still could barely stop him. Like that 73 and nine team, he dismantled them, averaged a triple double in the finals. And that's like the only thing they have is, you know what? Hey, this guy's a loser. Whatever, man. Get the fuck out of here. LeBron James. And and to put it in more context, shout out to KJ Dallas kids, one of our day ones. Like he's like barely over 17. Like LeBron James has been the best player almost his entire life. And right now was a lot of people. There's some rumblings for him to be the MVP at year 17. 17 years of dominance. You know what I'm saying? Like some of you cats can barely walk up the stairs without losing your breath. This dude is up and down the court, guarding and defending some of the best players in the league that are, you know, they were watching him play basketball when they were kids. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that within itself is an incredible feat that again we might not see again for a long time. Unless somehow Zion gets his weight together and can support his uh himself in that way. But Right now, we just need to appreciate okay, the greatness on, that LeBron don't, don't James your head at Zion. That nigga is unbelievable, okay? That man is out of shape. The future. That man's out of shape. That man is That's not. That's what I'm saying. If he, if he gets, if, but if he does get in shape, if yeah. he gets in shape, then it's but the, it might the thing, be a like, problem. He, he's not. Oh, well, I'm going to let Keanu go. I've been talking a lot, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think bringing up his ring, the ring conversation is low-hanging fruit, to be honest. Like, not to go back to Charles Barkley too long, but he's a big guy. He's a guy who's like, I hate analytics in basketball. And in a way, analytics kind of has marred the waters between what's fact and what's fiction. Like, analytics don't tell in us all sports. Right. And it's just, so to say, yeah, he's been, he's won three finals out of the nine he's been to. Okay. But like, he's won three finals and he's been the most dominant player that really any, if you're 25 and below, LeBron James has been the most dominant player you have seen. Like, you haven't seen or you've seen Kobe, and that's who your baseline is. But you haven't seen too many more players that are doing it like LeBron. So and this is coming from somebody who was a staunch LeBron hater. Like, I had to watch LeBron take everything from me from 2011 until. <laughs> so this is he's, like, eviscerated every, everything I've ever loved. But you still cannot deny that against six losses is our three wins one of those wins was the most improbable win that you've ever seen he he has there are teams that have gone and been good again like he leaves a wake of bodies in he leaves bodies in his trail and and he still has more to go that's the thing like it's not like oh we're watching lebron on a decline even if stats slip a little bit like lebron we don't know how long lebron can play and i think that's the greatness of lebron so yeah he's won He's only, quote-unquote, only won three finals. But, like, look at the list of other things that LeBron has done. And by the time we're 20 years older, 15 years older, we're going to look back and be like, wow, we got to witness LeBron James win three finals, not lose six. Yeah. And uh, when, I was, when I was talking with Josh about this, and I was saying, like, how, how can you justify LeBron James being the biggest loser, like, of our generation when, you know, Jerry West – the logo has lost. He's lost nine NBA finals. He only won one championship. And his, his point is that LeBron James has more hype around him than any player ever. And I agree with that. Like when we talk about players coming into the league, number one, overall picks with 
that level of hype. Outside of LeBron, I think Shaq is the only one to have this much hype around him. And Shaq went uh, four and four and one, four and one, no, four and two in the finals. So he went three, I think, right? Because he lost in Orlando, LA. Yeah, four and three. And Heat, yeah. He lost two in LA. They lost two in LA. Okay, then he, they lost. No, he, they lost to Detroit, and then he lost in Orlando. So he went four and two in the finals. So if you want to compare, if you want to compare Shaq and LeBron, and use that as your barometer, yes, LeBron James is the biggest loser of our generation because he is three and six in the finals, and Shaq is four and two. But we're only talking about two people. There's only two people in that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like at any point since LeBron James came into the league, if your team wanted him, you would take him. You would give up your best player for LeBron. Even today, in year 17, if your team was like, hey, we can get LeBron, but we got to give up our best player, you're going to do it because you know you have a, he's a championship-level player. They've only made – there's only a few players that they only made one of. LeBron is one of those guys. It's like LeBron. Shaq, you know, you could probably make the argument for, like, Derrick Rose if he would have stayed healthy, Kevin Durant. Like, there's not a lot of these players that's like, hey, they don't make these guys like that. There's only one of these guys, and and LeBron is that guy. LeBron has been the most dominant athlete in the NBA for at least 15 years. He's always been in the conversation as the best player. You're always in – the fact that he was able to win a championship in Cleveland – I don't think people understand how difficult that was. They don't really understand how inept that franchise is and how poorly ran that franchise. When that man left, the the Cavaliers are still to this day one of the worst ran organizations ever. Only really second to the Knicks. The Knicks are a lost cause. They need to and just be a CBA team. Like, Like they're really bad, and so that's another. Other thing, you have to look at this in context. Basketball, as much as we have superstars, we have stars, and we have these guys that people individually follow. Basketball is a team sport, so you you cannot put the onus. Okay, so he has six losses, but let's look at the context of those six losses. LeBron can't score every point on every possession in every game. This is this isn't a, a sport where you can only look at individual stats when it comes to. Big- yeah, the only reason the Cavaliers have a championship now is because LeBron was born in that state. If he was born somewhere else, Cleveland wouldn't have a championship. And, like, he was there, and he dragged that crap franchise all the way to the NBA Finals. Yeah, they got swept, but he got there Hey, He got there in year four. Year, how many players do that? How long did – maybe Shaq? Did Shaq get to the Finals in year four with the Magic? It was Carl got- in, what, 92, and they went in 95? Yeah, so it's like that stuff doesn't happen that often. Like we act like it's it's nothing for a a a player in his fourth year on a shitty team to get to the finals. He had to go through the Detroit Pistons. Like that's a well-run organization with great all-star players around them. What happened when LeBron when LeBron left the Cavaliers? They had they were they lived in the lottery, and they never won more than forty games while he was gone. When he came back. They went to the finals. He's gone. They're back in the lottery. 
Like that that franchise needs to be blown up. It's embarrassing. I don't know why people are Cleveland fans. It's it's embarrassing. That's the kind of value that LeBron James will add to a team. Like, like there you take LeBron away from any team and they they not only do they decline, it's a sharp decline. Like he brings that type of MVP caliber value. And like you said before, there's no team. You can't tell me there's a fan of any of the 30 teams or any of the 29 teams minus the Lakers that if they had to give away their best player, if the Warriors had to give away Draymond Green, they absolutely would to get (laughs) I'll make a caveat to that. The Sixers, the Bucks, and the Clippers probably wouldn't give up their best player. The the, the Sixers would give up both their best players for LeBron. Giannis is gone tomorrow. He's back to Greece. Not gone. Don't be disrespectful now. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid would be shipped off so quickly. They wouldn't even get to clean out their lockers. Giannis is a family man by Friday if they have the opportunity. (laughs) Giannis Giannis would be deported by the time LeBron got back to to Milwaukee. If they wanted wanted LeBron, they're calling ice on, on, on Giannis. That's what they're doing. And I'd probably take, I mean, I'd probably take LeBron, like, LeBron, when we talk about, like, physically and health-wise, like, we talk about this load management thing with Kawhi, like, it's not, he's not just not playing these games for rest purposes and because he's tired. I think he's, like, legit hurt. Like, his knees aren't great. You know what I'm saying? Like, even in the finals last year, he was flipping around and struggling. He wasn't explosive. Like, his body is breaking down already. And I'm not trading Steph for LeBron either, man. I mean, Steph is a liability on on defense. Steph is is a cold-blooded killer for life. Is he? And you know what? I don't know if at this stage people would do KD for LeBron. Now, if you want to to talk about KD, I think that's a different discussion because I I think at this point KD is only getting better, but then you can also look at like, hey, KD – his injury, he's he's got a, a Achilles injury, like that's major injuries. Yeah, people people don't just bounce back from that. That's a major injury for him. LeBron, he had it last year, but he's never really had a major injury where he's missed a lot of time. It just doesn't happen with him. Shot the HGH, but yeah. So LeBron is one of the one of the the greatest players of our generation. So we need to again appreciate and and respect him. But um, that that was a. Uh, Pretty pretty interesting. Is there any other basketball takes? Who who? Let's get some finals predictions since we have Kiana on here. Um, obviously, I have my Los Angeles Lakers going to the finals, doing it for the Mamba, holding it down. Uh, what are, and what are the rest of you guys' thoughts? You just pick one team. What's the other team? Does doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who the other team is. Wow. Lakers and both. Wow. Shout to Jay Free. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't see the Lakers not getting to the finals there. I was talking about this to somebody the other day. And, I mean, when they talked about it in the beginning of the season, season that the NBA was pretty balanced, I mean, I wouldn't say it's balanced, balanced, but there is – the Lakers are, to me, a clear-cut contender for a finals first. Like, the Rockets have James Harden, who's always going to be a liability. I don't care what anybody says, MVP or no MVP, James Harden is not good in crunch moments. When you are bad no. in the All-Star game – the all-star game where there is no there are no stakes and you still suck. Like I'm tired of watching James Harden go through these periods where he is not good when they need him. The MVP doesn't do that. The MVP does not disappear in in big games like that. No stock Man, James Harden. Tired. Look at the minutes he plays. 
the shots he takes. James Harden can be great for 50 games that don't mean anything. And then we get to round two of the playoffs. And now all of a sudden you can't shoot a three or you, you can't do simple things. That, they be I mean, fouling. It's a lot of no calls. No, like, no, no. The issue, no, the issue is James. No, he cannot. James Harden is tired. He's tired from all the minutes he spends in the strip clubs before games. All the ones, all the ones, all the ones he has to put up. Money. All the ones that he has to put up. Exactly. He's rich. He's got to use his wrist to throw those ones. You know what I'm saying? All them butt shots he's got to slap. You know what I'm saying? He's playoff for this man because the man don't want to see a dark-skinned, bearded man as a champion. That's what it is. All of y'all are part of the racist agenda. Bearded black man, y'all hate on him, and you want light-skinned LeBron to win. This man puts the rock, the city of Houston, the damn state of Texas on his back and carries them all the way to the peak. Before he's cheated, why can't y'all see that? That's what the white man wants you to do. So, since we're being ignorant, and you know, he opened up the floor, I'm gonna slide something in here. Since you mentioned Houston, Kiana, did you see uh, young Meg the Stallion on first take? Yeah, when they asked her about Mike D'Antoni, she was like, Yeah, (laughs) I was like, What are you doing? (laughs) I was like, like, why is first take NBA <laughs> red table talk? Like, why are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that shit was funny. I think uh, who was on there? Uh, I think Richard Jefferson was on there, and I saw like the uh, the outtake, like when they're going to commercial. He's like, "Yo, can I stay? Can I stay? Yo, can I stay for this?" <laughs> I was like, "Bro, come on, dog! Like, come on, bro! Like, we we already know what it was." But I I found that kind of kind of hilarious that she didn't know the coach of the team of her uh, home city. Like, is that yeah, the type that, of talk? Hey, but but they canceled they canceled high noon, but this is this is what people want apparently. So shout out to first take, the worst the worst ESPN show of all time. Next to Mike and Mike. Mike and Mike is one. First Mike take is two. Mike and Mike is unwatchable. <laughs> it's unwatchable. I don't know how that shit is going there. They have never said anything. Like if I listen to other shows on ESPN and they'll show like little clips of their previous shows, they have never said anything interesting on that show ever. Ever except the time, except the time Mike Greenberg said Happy Martin Luther Coon Day. Google that because that happened. It happened. I'm, I'm ashamed I used to watch that show. That's before I understood sports. I was like, Oh, those are dark on times. TV talking. Yeah, those are dark yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sticking free to rappers and like free, yeah, free Miley. Yeah. So uh, sticking on rappers, a uh, smooth pivot. Has everybody heard what happened with the baby? Not little baby, not Birdman baby, not a regular baby, the baby from uh, Charlotte, correct? Yeah. Because everybody heard what happened with this young man. All right. Allegedly. <laughs> so allegedly, allegedly, the baby who has who is known for for fighting and beating people up. There's even parodies of him beating people up. Allegedly, slapped the taste out of some young lady's mouth at the club because. <laughs> Bruh, I wish I could see. Over, like, but okay. <laughs> so allegedly, he slapped the taste out this la- this poor lady's mouth for I guess having the phone camera too close to his face, and uh, so yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on. There were so the original angle just shows him. I mean, absolutely laying this young lady out. 
And so he gets on Instagram and goes, I'll give $10,000 to the person who can show the other angle of her hitting me in the face with her phone. So I'm thinking she hauled off and I'm talking about laid the iPhone 11 smack dab on his forehead. It looked as if she was attempting to get him walking past her and maybe lost grip of her phone a little bit and light, I mean, very lightly tapped his face with the phone and he leveled her. Like, he knocked her out. So much so that people around were like, okay, let's talk about this, Jonathan. What, is everything okay at home? And I'm like, okay, so I'm of the woman persuasion. And a lot of women are like, the baby is so nice. He's such a Southern gentleman. But I'm like, he's out here like backhanding y'all. Are y'all okay with this? <laughs> During Women's History Month, we can't have this. We it's can't have this. She hit him and he did hit her in the face? Her phone landed on her fa- on his face. I can't tell if it's on purpose or by accident. But the way that he hit her was... The way that you hit somebody who spit in your face. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, um, so did he hit her in the face, sir? Because I seen him cock it back. Yes, he punched her her jaw and like she disappeared. I don't know if she's st- <laughs> legend has she's still in that club. Okay, so is the clip because I seen somebody, you know, shake the head a little bit. Is that the person or was it another person? Like I'm just confused watching the video. You got it on mute. Ray Rice would have been impressed with that backhand. Yeah. I, oh, my I, God. I have to find the video. But it's like he hit her to the point where she kind of disappeared from the frame for a little while. Okay. See, I was wondering, was it somebody in front of the other lady, the one that he hit? But, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, did she spit on him? Or what happened to right. where you caught your hand way back and come down with the power of God? To baptize this lady with this punch. That's absurd. But you I know what? Swear. We're going to still support him. Uh, I seen his little raggedy apology video. That was like the worst one I've ever seen. So, so, so speaking of that, let's let's get two contrasts. So shout out to Tribble. She tweeted out, she tweeted this out. She said, let me tell you why this shit is trash. If you say you tell security not to be aggressive with fans, but then this woman allegedly hits you to the point where you felt danger, she was no longer a fan. Let, let your security do what they're hired to do. She said, like this N-word paused and then smacked her. I can't believe he didn't know it was a woman. But he had plenty of time to alert security to have it handled. No excuse for swinging at that point. So that is that is one woman's perspective. So I wouldn't search the baby on Twitter just to see what kind of, you know, what people were talking about. And this other young lady, and her Twitter is at, it's Jacaroni at Jacqueline-nit. Jacqueline with a lot of N's and T's. And she tweeted out, I just realized the baby told that girl who fly her out to have an adult conversation. My dumb ass would be on the plane with no draws on taking penis as an apology. So, I mean, there's still women out here uh, supporting the baby after he's uh, smacking people in the face. So, uh, But you know what, R. Kelly? <sighs> I got you. Okay. Hey, I don't The baby... This freaking five foot four inch big head bitch, you know he's still getting the yeah. love. He needs to be canceled. Forget they that. They you know said his head look like a PT cruiser, dog. That should have me dying, dog. I was like, yo, yeah, they're not wrong. It's yeah, just so it's it's a little weird watching people try to defend that. Like, and 
this is first of all, this is not the first time, even this year, that the baby has put his hands on somebody. He pushed a young white man into a seat because which was justified. I will agree it was justified that the young the guy at the hotel was trying to film him and his daughter. He's like, Hey, you can't film me while I'm here. Because that puts him at a safety risk. But that young lady with her iPhone 6 in his face was not a safety risk. She was not trying to harm him. It didn't look like from the video. It looked like she was just trying to capture a video of somebody that she enjoyed. And I just don't understand at what point the level of, like, he really cocked back and hit this young lady in the face. And I'm okay, like, wait a minute. didn't Kevin Gates kick a woman? He did in her chest. And you know, <laughs> nobody canceled him. So what? Who can listen to Kevin Gates? What are you talking about? Kevin Gates don't do numbers out here. I don't Kevin know who. Hey, it's a lot of people that like some Kevin Gates. Kevin Gates. Okay, go pull up the charts and show me where hey, Kevin Gates Anyways, I, like the baby. Like honestly, I'm not super surprised that uh, people are defending the baby. Like people defended Ray Rice, so I mean, don't defend anybody at this point. And honestly, if the baby wants to turn this around, he's one. Uh, leak dick pick away from this whole t- this whole tide from turning. People will be right back on him as soon as he does that. But but for for me, his music and his style and his content and his flow is so repetitive that I don't know if he's going to be able to get past this. Like his music <laughs> is fine, but his a lot of his stuff is very repetitive. Like hey. style, flow, beat, everything, content. It's very like. It's like, all right, all right, man. Like you're gonna, you, you, you keep on saying <laughs> you're gonna diddle yourself out the lead. I mean, you, you, you keep on saying you want to switch up the flow, but you don't switch up the flow, my guy. Like you need to do something different if you want to stick around. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I had a problematic question. I'm gonna ask hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't support the abuse of women at all. Just make this disclaimer. But what artist is good enough to hit a woman and nothing happens? Chris Brown for one, because he clearly has been yeah, flourishing. Beat the yeah, brakes off from Rihanna. He took a deep hit. He had to sit for a moment, but he came back and everybody loves that he dropped 400 song albums and expects you to listen to him in a week. And people do it too. I think America as a nation is sick. Because why are we listening to 40 song say. Chris Brown albums in the year 2020 we. about a Lord Savior? We? <laughs> And his song, you talk about the baby's flow. I didn't listen to the latest one, but I listened to Chris Brown's the first 80 track album he put out. Literally, all his songs are about sex and like various drugs. Literally, every it's song. Very is about much sex like, and drugs. Girl, I'm a nut on your nose. Like, why you? <laughs> 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 Yo. Though. That man, that man said, "Poom poom, something like angel dust." I'm like, Chris, why do you what? know what angel dust? How do you know what angel dust is like, bro? Like, you got money, bro. Like, oh my god. But outside <sighs> of outside of Chris Brown, I think Drake could do it, and I say this for a very specific reason. Drake, if you go back at any point and listen to some of his lyrics, they're very creepy. Hotline Bling is a scary song. Marvin's yes. room. It's Why would you leave somebody a voicemail like that? It's a very long, weird voicemail. Like Drake is odd, and so and he's being a real creeper. And he doesn't take care of his kids. So. He's weird. So I think Drake and he has relationships with young girls. Take care of his kids. So mm. I think I think Justin Bieber could get away with it. I think if he like uppercutted some lady, he'd be fine. He'd just go to Canada and hang out for a little bit, but. It might also depend on who it is. Not to get into that conversation, but I think it depends on who it is that he hits. 
and also Ooh. maybe future because it, it's like I, I was just about to say that it be if it's a toxic narrative, um, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's a shame that uh, March Madness is at the same time as uh, Women's History Month because it is also deemed a misogyny march for future. So, um, <laughs> so there's some there's some contrasting going on with the, there's, with there's the, the energy about, in the world right now. So the thing about future is that women signed up for this type of treatment. So it's like <laughs> how, you can't really blame him. Like Lori Harvey is beautiful and has access to anyone she wants, and yet she chooses future who has nine kids. I, I mean that's again I'm not a woman, so that's that's something that only you and the women folk could could uh could only uh explain like, because i i don't i don't get it is he possibly I mean, his music not- yes but like are people being like oh no you're terrible i don't want to date you no so that's not going to deter him from being terrible <laughs> and his music's not that great either let's let's keep it a buck i know it's taboo to say that as a person from georgia but it's not i mean he's made dirty posted- four times <laughs> i mean he, he he is influential and he had a really good run you know towards the beginning but uh, I I don't outside of like the R and B R and B album he did, there hasn't been like a lot of growth with him as an artist. But he had a good like there there's a future error like he had an error, you know, when he first came out. So we can't we can't take that away from him. But I'm not gonna act like you know every time he drops it's like oh this is this is the holy grail of albums like this is this is it this is what I've been waiting for I've never heard anything like this like. Everybody sounds like this, and that's that's credit to him. But he also sounds like him still. From well, and that's and as you say that with people overhyping people and uh, that that type of sound. If you haven't listened to Lil Uzi verse Eternal Take, um, usually I'm very upset with Twitter when they overhype these albums and they post the whole you know titles and oh this this is a classic instantly this is great. This is probably the first time in a long time I wasn't disappointed when I actually listened to the album because it is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. On the episode that hasn't been released yet, Marcus mentioned that Eminem could possibly have one of the better albums of uh, 2020 so far. Right now, for me, this little Uzi is at the top. That G Herbo shit, trash. I couldn't make it through two seconds, little baby. That shit is trash. Eminem shit, sorry, that shit was trash too. Wow. Little Uzi? cohesively the production is excellent like little uzi does have influences from a lot of other artists like you say future little wayne or young thug but he takes that sound and his attitude and his persona and makes it his own like he he has a little a little he has a little prince in him i, I give you that he has a little prince in him like he he's his, he's his own guy the album is like kind of conceptual with the whole you know it seems like uh he's he's getting abducted by aliens as you can see with the, uh, the the title art or the album art and if you have title, the album art is pretty cool because it actually it like moves. It's like it's not interactive, but like it's animated. If that makes sense. Like it has a spaceship flying around and shit like that. So it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. I like what he did with that. Uh, I'll say this. I mean, you said he has a little prince in him. He has ninety nine percent of Little Wayne in him. That's what that is. Like, I, and nah, I didn't. Nah. I didn't he's not a punchline. He's not a punchline rapper. Though. That's what little way Wayne's thing is. Yes, stylus is flows, all that stuff. When I first, I didn't listen to it when it first came out. But when I saw like the timeline, it was talking this about Lil Uzi, blah blah, like Lil Uzi, Baby Pluto, all these things about the album. And I was like, all right, cool. Like everybody, I didn't realize that he was this this popping. 
But the thing that kind of disappointed me once I started listening to it, I was like, bro, this is Lil Wayne. Like, he is Lil Wayne, like, the way he is rapping, the style that he's rapping, the way his cadence is, is nothing but Lil Wayne. That's all Lil Wayne's influence. And the fact that nobody would tweet that while this album was out was kind of disappointing because that just goes to show that, like, the people that like Lil Uzi Vert didn't grow up listening to Lil Wayne. Like, if you grew up listening to Lil Wayne and you listened to this Lil Uzi Vert album, you can't say that he didn't get most of his style and influence from him. It's right there. You can hear I it. I don't. It doesn't. Not, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound. I mean, I get, I get it. He's the, not as good of a rapper as Lil Wayne. Yeah, but when, when we you talk, saying, when you talk about like the punchline stuff, I get that. But I'm talking about if you just listen to how he raps sonically and how his flow is, it sounds just like Lil Wayne. And it, I, I, and mm. I like Lil Uzi uh, Vert's album. But I'm not. Would you say it's the best album that's came out this year in rap so far? Because I, I, I say probably so far. Oh no! Well, no. it's not necessarily. It, it's different. If we're, like, talking, I mean, about, if we're talking about if we're talking about rapping, it's probably gonna be Royce for me. But as far as the the <clears throat> the experience enjoying the album, being able to play it through with minimal skips and it flowing very well, I'd say right now today, Uzi. See now that tells me that you niggas obviously discriminate wow. against true Southern rap artists because Moneybag Yo CC CD I mean album is really good. Don't you guys know who that is? And Yo Gotti he dropped a really nice album that really fits into some of the things I'm doing in life. His album rapper and a businessman. Are you so? Selling- I'm sorry. Are you selling cocaine? Because that's what Gotti raps about. I'm just I'm kidding. That's not all he raps about, ma'am. So please take off the nigga ears and listen oh. to <laughs> oh, right. I'm just saying, nigga, what's the man been out since ninety-two or ninety-three? Y'all and he still not, got bars. Don't do y'all like, just not hopping this, on the bandwagon twenty not, years too late. No, it's me not, when I was walking back in the room for get from getting the ice cold mineral water, shout out to Topo Chico. Seltzer water, like you were on Sex in the City. I knew it. I knew it. it it's good for your stomach and your digestive system. So that's why I do it. <laughs> Shout out to Topo Chico for making an excellent product from Mexico, Monterey. Like I said, I heard somebody when I walked back in here talk about Eminem CD. Nigga, please. Yo Gotti has the best album out this year, followed by Money Bag Yo. Then I'd okay. say so, maybe Lil Uzi Vert. So I'm going to check out. Oh, go ahead, Kim. I can tell you, old nigga. No, it's, I can just tell you kind of old because you said CD. And who has bought a CD since like two thousand eight? I'm not gonna lie. No, hold on, hold lie. on. I bought a CD. I bought a CD the other day. No, 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 no. Hold on. Well, I, I'm kind of old, man. Just because I, I'm an '80s baby. First of all, I grew up in the '90s. The last CD I bought was in '15, so that's not '08. Um, you with the Bill Cosby sweater on. Oh, so this is what this is what this is what we're doing. This is we're what not we're doing. doing All I'm saying is this: the Lil Uzi Vert. In my opinion, I do hear some elements of Lil Wayne. I don't say it's 99. percent It's more like 30. percent It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. His cadence is not the same. His cadence on P2 and uh, fucking EXO Tour Life. That's not Lil Wayne. Doesn't I'm have gonna, a cadence. I'm gonna have like to go back and listen to old Lil Wayne and like actually. Hey, which old little song. one are you talking? Which version of Little Wayne? We're talking the about the Coke Little Wayne, the fifteen year old Little Wayne. I would say like Little Wayne, the, the, the mixtape Little Wayne, the I am not a human being Little Wayne. 
Mm. Uh, well, okay, we'll get to that. That Uzi has Wayne's subject matter, like these are things that you can hear Wayne rapping about. But I don't. I wouldn't say that Uzi has. Of course, he has Wayne influence. I think a lot of rappers have Wayne influence. You can hear their sound. But I wouldn't say that Uzi um, gives me Wayne. Like he doesn't. He's not reminiscent of Wayne. I can listen to Uzi and kind of. I can feel the difference between him and Wayne. Now, subject matter, absolutely. Like you just referenced, I am not a human. Uh, being Wayne, definitely some Uzi subject matter. But I think Uzi as an artist doesn't really give me as much Wayne as other artists do. The thing I appre- I haven't listened to the album yet. It's on my list. But the thing I appreciate about Uzi is that he is one of those rappers that will take time to craft a great sound and to craft an album that is cohesive and makes sense. Where you have rappers that make 10 songs in three days and then they put the album out and now you're like, okay, well, only this song is good or a verse from this song is good. Uzi has, even if you don't, List if you're not with the sound, you cannot deny that Uzi puts together so he's a project that that market well and that sound good. It's more he's more <laughs> big picture. He's a big picture rapper. So I think this is been whole, a, he's thinking about the whole entire project. So I think it was three years since his last album came out, but um, yeah, he he's definitely got a, a fan base. But to kind of wrap this up, that I want to tie in to. One thing I want to speak about before we close out. Have y'all seen little Uzi's cars? No. Wasn't he in one when that young white man said the N-word toward him? He said, <laughs> so the videos that I've seen, it also seems like little Uzi was really trying to promote this album because a lot of videos seem to surface close to the album releasing of him driving his car. So he has a uh, decked out, I think, uh, Audi R10 that uh, all of his cars are wrapped with... Uh, Anime pictures, right? So, as we wrap this up, no. I just finished the anime. I talked yeah. about. I talked about a couple of episodes again. I, I want to challenge Marcus to watch this. It's only like thirty-four episodes. You can watch this with the wife. It is. It oh, is probably this the the saddest shit I've ever seen in my life. I might have shed a thug tear, but I talked about it. Uh, one of the episodes is called "Your Line April." It's on Netflix. Um, it's about this kid that plays piano. He's like a piano prodigy. Then his mom dies and he stops playing the piano. Then he meets this girl who's a violinist and she wants him to accompany him and her and her little violin concert shit. And they meet and they have a friendship and a lot of shit happens. But man, like I knew it was going to happen within the first like two episodes. And at the end, I was like, damn, bro, this shit was fucked up. Like I was I was I was emotionally distraught. So. Um, if you need to emote some, go check out Your Lie in April on Netflix. It is an excellent anime. Uh, yeah. and, and for me, it's actually really interesting as a piano player. I, it really hit home. It's like, you know, I it, I was inspired. I'm inspired at some point to dust off my books and jump back on the keys. Only two animes in my life inspire me. One, Dragon Ball Z, to work out. And this one, Your Lie in April, to definitely dust off the old keyboard and put in some work. So. Check it out, Kiana. I see you looking crazy, but look, you know, no. if you, you need to get out the, you know, the pint of ice cream one day and just, you know, shed some tears. Go, go check this out. It's on Netflix. I'm sure you have somebody's login account. It is, it is legit. So, I've watched anime yes. a couple times. I mean, I'm, I'm a One Punch Man fan, so like, I enjoy that. Um, I've yes. watched away once or twice, uh, but I'm not deep, deep into anime. I, even universe i love but i don't know if that counts as anime that's that's anime inspired so yeah. there's there's different categories uh your lie april would be like slice of life so it's not based on like superpowers or people fighting it's just like 
it's like a story if that makes sense like yeah it's, it's pretty good i'm gonna try there's no violence there's no nudity it's just it's just a very it's a it's a very heartwarming heart-wrenching story do these types of things usually involve nudity that's another episode yeah, so of the tape. So I'm trying to turn the thing off. So let's just go ahead and expose you, sir. Look, I don't watch no head time. I didn't even know what that was until recently, and I was thoroughly disgusted. Not look, go Google head tie. Make sure your browsers are private. It is not safe for work. That's all right. I'm gonna say. But this is the committee podcast. Uh, y'all got any shout outs before we wrap up? Shout out to Zuri James, your YouTube channel is gold young lady i am in my big grown age of 25 and i watched you make those oatmeal power balls you're great and i can't wait to see you be better Gary. yes women's history but marcus i can't i can't believe in like the year 2020 i have turned into the eminem supporter but i'm going to say that eminem's album at this point is better than than little uzi bird's album and i'll also say another rapper that had a better album then Uzi is uh, Princess Nokia. Everything sucks. That album's pretty good. And Royce, Royce of Five Nine. I will admit I am a late. I'm a late comer to Royce. I didn't get on Royce until the Book of Ryan, so I'm super late. But as of right now, he has the best album of 2020. Shout out to El Chapo. Shout out to all my real niggas holding it down in uh, Par- Parchment State Penitentiary. Um, free my niggas though, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my dog Justin, my cousin. Um, definitely we need uh prison reforms. Uh people are locked up, they're getting mistreated. I know you're probably in solitary confinement now, but I'll be holding you down when you get home. I send a kite to your boy. Uh once again, shout out to the homie. Uh I don't know when sickle cell awareness month is. I apologize, but uh, definitely send your prayers up uh, to the homie at Angelic Flows. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to myself for just being me. Uh, shout out to It's Tribbles, too. We really had a good lunch, chopped it up, had some some good times, uh, almost brought me to tears. So, you know, I like that. Shout out to the city of Charlotte. Shout out to, to you, too, Rev, for coming in. And trying to make fun of me, you know what I'm saying? That that was cool. I didn't know you were just 25, so I guess I am an old man. So I just want to know where'd you play that that CD you bought in 2015? Do you have a CD player in your car? Yes, I definitely do. You don't have a CD player in your car? Like what? No, that's Bluetooth over here. I have a Bluetooth too, but I I keep uh, Webby. Oh, maybe I do have a CD player, but I don't own CDs, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> I have a whole pack of CDs, so I definitely own some. Um, and no matter what car I'm ever in, uh, either Savage Life or Ghetto Music will always be with me because you're always in my heart. Yep. So that's the that's gonna be another one of the questions of the weeks. What's the last CD you purchased? And we'll we'll end it with that. This committee podcast. We out. Peace. Y'all niggas is all out of control. You know the that? last CD I bought was Adele's twenty five. The last CD I bought, I actually bought it at the same time. It was album about nothing and 2014 Forest Hill Drive. I bought album Dude, about those nothing. CDs are after mine. I think I bought album about nothing because it was on sale. <laughs> I, I just bought Prince 1999. That's the last CD I bought. Like two. The last CD I bought was uh 
Is that a book of bootlegs? Oh no, there's three. <laughs> yeah, I got mine over there. Cut somewhere. But um, it was a uh, Dark Skies by Big Sean, the last video of all. <sighs> But those are DVDs. Never mind. Let me put that back. But all right, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. All right. Yeah, hey, I'm you, out. You don't hentai. I don't hentai. Okay. Yeah. Hey man. Yeah, Hashtag no hentai. If there's going to be nudity involved in this, I think I'm going to stop where I'm head. <laughs> no, no. So, so the thing is, there's different elite soundtrack elites. That's a that's yeah, a racist. Yeah, the, oh, damn, there are no black people in Greece. That's, That's crazy. It is racist. It is. It's a racist ass movie. Okay, <clears throat> so there's different categories. No black people. I mean, friends, but uh, yeah, that, yeah. So there's different levels of this shit. So there's like <clears throat> regular animes. There's slice of life. There's like different categories. Like there's actually one I'm watching that is like based on science and it's like actually really interesting it's like wow this is kind of cool but then you have these other levels of anime right like okay. some you have like horror genres like apocal apocalyptic genres that i that should make like my head hurt for like three days after i finished watching one of these i almost quit watching anime after watch that shit and then you have the nasties the nasties at the top with hentai right and the crazy thing about hentai is that they have animes and they have books now this shit is just it's porn. That's all it is. It's straight porn. It is wild. You know what? Wild. Wild. I think my cousin got caught with that. What? If you go get caught with if you go get caught with porn, just let it be real porn. Like you can't yeah. have cartoons. Bring it up because his mom talked about it. And I was like, cartoon? And they just kind of flew under the radar, but now that you bring it up, I think that's what he was involved in. <laughs> that is a problem. <laughs> that is that is no. We don't do that. We don't do that here. Makes sense. We don't that. do that here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. All right. I'm out, y'all. God bless. Shout out to Draymond Green. <laughs> the honey bunt guy. <laughs>